With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Yesterday I said that there's just no way in the world that the Titans would move on from Mike Vrabel. He had we, that we team both said hard. it. You and agree we, with me. Thank we you said for jumping right on the sword about there. what? Say that was like 11 a.m. and then like 11:05 a.m. Oh no, Vrabel! Uh, but I mean. How out of left field was that to you? Oh, completely. And then not only that, did you see the report that they were trying to gauge interest on trading him? Yeah, I actually had that story pulled up. Uh, it, it exited out on me here. Let me get it again. The quote from the owner, Amy Adams Strunk, uh, she said, yeah, there was, uh, in terms of trading him, consideration. There was, but there's a bit of a misconception about a coach's contract uh, versus a player's contract. A coach's contract, you can't trade them unless they're a willing partner to that trade. So, yes, we thought about it, but at the end of the day, with league rules the way they are, it would have maybe put us back three weeks. And, you know, to get the right head coach, I was just not willing to go to the back of the line and take a chance of missing out on someone we really wanted. Well, first of all, I think the right head coach was there. I think you had the right head coach. Yeah. Um, You know, and people who, yeah, like, uh, you're Tennessee. Like, this is the best stretch. I know you've been under 500 by multiple games the past two seasons, but I think he's worthy of another year to, you know, Keep loading up on that draft class and see. I, I would tr- if you're gonna go with Will Levis, I would trust Vrabel with the first crack at the Will Levis. Right, era. and so that's weird that she said that. And then the whole thing about you know the coach has to be willing to be a trade partner. I I get that that limits the teams you can trade him to because he's got to say yes. But part of my thinking was was this a mutual thing between Vrabel? Did he just want out? <clears throat> Did he not sense- that he wanted out, but like. He didn't really push back too hard. But the more I'm hearing from the owner, Strunk, the more I'm thinking that she just she was she wanted to move on. They hired this new GM, ran Carthon a year ago. Um, there's been some reports that the two, Rabel and Carthon, bump heads a little bit. Um Carthon threw fire or threw water on that fire when he spoke as well as as they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Well, we were super professional, but we saw the war room when they traded A.J. Brown. We we saw Vrabel's reaction to that. He was not happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'd be a much better team right now if they just still had A.J. Brown. DeAndre, oh, yeah. DeAndre Hopkins is not as good now as A.J. Brown is right now. Like, DeAndre no, A.J. Brown is much better. At this point, <laughs> he's much better. better. Much better. He's but much better at DeAndre this point. Hopkins still is he's good, a but great he's receiver. Not no, A.J. He's, Brown no. level good. A.J. Brown... Remember a couple of years ago when, uh, was it Tannehill or Henry? One of them got hurt for the Titans. It was during their run to be the one seed. A.J. Brown just, like, carried them through a couple of games. Um, So that was a very bad roster decision. A lot of the problems that I see with Tennessee come from the roster construction side Mm -hmm. of things, not the on-field coaching side of things. 
I just saw all I needed to see as far as the on-field coaching side of things is concerned last Sunday when they just torched the Jaguars mm-hmm. because they had nothing to play for, yet he had them ready to go like they were going to go to the Super Bowl if they won that mm-hmm. game. So, you know, I don't think this was a matter of the locker room was getting stale or the message was lost or Vrabel just, you know, didn't have it on field anymore. He could get a group of 53 men to play their ass off for him. And the other thing that was so weird that I saw come out from her comments, uh, Amy Strunks, the the owner, she said she wanted to have a more like cohesive work environment, meaning like she wanted, you know, Rabel or coach everyone to get along, everyone to get along and everyone to be in communication with each other on all these decisions. She made the decision to fire Vrabel on without calling in the G. The GM wasn't even in the room when the firing was made. That's talking out of both sides of your mouth mm-hmm. right there. We want to be on the same page, but I'm not going to bring the GM who I'm keeping into the room to help me fire the head coach and move on from the head coach. There's a disconnect there. I mean, Absolutely. are you all in together or was that just lip service? Because it sounded like the nice thing to say and it sounded like the... PR spin on moving on from a very good head coach hasn't had much accomplishments yet. No, but I think that's gonna come for him. But and he did go to an AFC championship, right? Game. And then he got the one seed in the in his conference another year. So like that's good building blocks for his young coaching career. Um, he's gonna get a job somewhere else, a head coaching job somewhere else. He's not you, gonna know, be a you know where the leading where the leading candidate yeah, is. If they move on, though, yeah, I mean, it's still not. It sounded like Bill is still Bill's there. exit, you know, press conference was, and I say exit for the the season, not for his time in New England. Was that? Yeah, I'm coming back. Like I'm just no, looking. I mean, uh, the way the reports were coming out of New England, it seemed imminent that Belichick was going to be gone on Black Monday. Even um, I remember watching Sunday night Sunday countdown on on Week 18 Sunday. And they had like Mike Reeson and, and people from New England saying uh, Kraft, Belichick are going to meet privately on Monday after the game. And like there's a lot of speculation that that might be it. Um, they probably did meet, but nothing came from it. And now we're on Wednesday of the uh, coaches fired week and he's still there. And one thing that Strunk said here that I'll apply to this that's right is if you are going to move on from your head coach, you got to do it now. You can't, you know, just toil your twiddle your thumbs around and wait a couple of weeks you got to get out there and you got to start searching asap if you're new england you got to start interviewing these candidates so i don't know maybe he is back in new england for one more year maybe they do trust him with drafting a quarterback with their top three pick and then getting one more shot he he had it with mac jones failed getting one more shot at that next franchise guy after brady yeah i I just don't understand, you know. And I think a lot of this, we talked about mutual with Vrabel. I think a lot of this was mutual with Belichick. And, like, if he wants to stay in New England, I think Kraft will be open to that. If Belichick wanted to move on, I think Kraft would also be more I think okay he'd probably be more too. open to that. Yes, but I'm saying, like, I think, I don't think it was just a total Kraft decision here. I think he did call Belichick in and said, hey, Bill, you know, I've never been this close to thinking about making a change since you've been here, but I am thinking about making a change. Where's like, your where, heart in this? Do you where, still yeah, want to be here? Your heart do you this, still yeah. want to be in New England? And if Bill says yes, then how do you move on from a guy who won you seven, six Super Bowls? I mean, how? Mm-hmm. So 
Interesting kind of change. Uh, he's going to get fired after the show's done. He's going to, <laughs> so at 11.05 right? or at noon today, he is going to get canned on his butt so hard because that is just the way the universe likes to laugh at me. Uh, but yeah, I saw Vrabel to Tennessee or to New England as an option if it's open. Um, any one of the openings, I think he'd be a slam dunk for. Um, it's hard to find a guy that has been proven yet still has so much more to accomplish. And that's what Vrabel is. He has proven himself to be a good head coach, yet he doesn't have any real accomplishments where he can kind of maybe get complacent a little bit and be like, ah, this is my second team. I already won my Super Bowl. Uh, can I do it again? If not, what's the big deal, really? Mm-hmm. I, I think that New England's better. I think both of these teams, New England and Tennessee, were better served keeping their head coaches. Doesn't surprise me that right now, as of now, it is, what time is it? Uh, 11 or 11, 19 a.m. on Wednesday, uh, January 10th. Bill Belichick is still part of the New England coaching staff as the head coach. Thank God. Uh, it doesn't surprise me that as of now, he's still a head coach. I think you laid it out best. If, if they agree to part ways, they agree to part ways. But it doesn't surprise me also that Tennessee is this franchise who feels the need to move on from Vrabel after just six seasons. Rome's not built in the day, and I get that. You know, you can look around and see that out of nowhere, the the Chiefs got Mahomes and they got Andy Reid, and all of a sudden things worked out. But Andy Reid, don't forget, was there for five years before Patrick Mahomes took over. For five seasons before that that change of uh, at, at quarterback happened between Alex Smith and, and Pat Mahomes. Um, I know it's hard to probably look at your division rival, right? Look at Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville and Doug Peterson. Not to say that they've accomplished anything, but to see that they get their quarterback one year and then they get a really good head coach the next. And then look at Houston, right? Another team in their own division. In the same year, they get a guy like C.J. Stroud and they get their head coach in D'Amico Ryan. I understand the sense of urgency in the NFL, and no team exemplified that better than the L.A. Rams did a couple of seasons ago when they went all out to get Matt Stafford. Uh, they brought in Von Miller. They brought in Jalen Ramsey. They brought in Odell Beckham. And they said, okay, we're putting all our poker chips in on this round, and we'll see what happens. And it paid off, of course. But Tennessee, to me, is just not one of those stable enough franchises. And I really don't mean to be too critical against them, but <clears throat> when you think of of professionals, of 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 franchises that lead by example – I'm not saying they do the wrong thing every time, but they're, they're not kinda one in the that middle, right? They're, they're like, not, they're yeah, like they're not one franchise. that comes to the forefront of your yeah, head when good. you think about they're that. Not, they're not, you right? Know, garbage. And but. like I said, they don't always like they don't make every wrong decision, but they don't make every right decision right, either. Exactly. They're not Jets bad, but they're not Steelers great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, I, I feel you on that. Um, so it doesn't surprise me that they felt they felt okay. We're losing Ryan Tannehill, the guy that we've been we brought in almost simultaneously with Frabel to help Henry. us out. We're going to lose Henry. We might lose D-Hop. We already gave away D-Hop. A.J. Brown. We already gave away Kevin Byard or earlier this year. <clears throat> let's just kind of let's just kind of look at this as a complete overhaul. We might as well get rid of Vrabel, too. I don't agree with it, but I can see why they did it. Yeah, Vrabel, um, Derek Henry spoke and was, was shocked by them firing Vrabel. Um... You know, they still have Henry. Um, oh, he can become an unrestricted free agent this year. He's got an option to get out. So I, I think they're going to get out of it. I think 
I mean, if you're going to burn it down, burn it down, right? Don't half-ass mm-hmm. it. That's what so. I'm saying. They got rid of guys in their defense also. You, like, I, I, I don't... <clears throat> I don't. I wouldn't like it if my team again, our team has only had three head coaches in, in the history of the franchise since the merger. Um, but I, I, I wouldn't be okay if the guy who's come in and had the best time or, or best tenure with the team in a while all of a sudden gets fired uh, just after one bad season. Or I guess where they were pretty bad the year before that too, right? Were yeah, they bad they had, last year? Uh, they were seven and ten last year. So not great, 10, but this is their really bad yeah. season. Yeah. But I mean, you drafted high, so you mm-hmm. nailed these draft picks, and maybe you did with Levis. I know you didn't pick him high, but maybe you nailed it with Levis. Well, we'll see with Tennessee. Uh, it'll be interesting to keep an eye on who they hire and what direction they want to go in. Back to the Steelers and Bills, though. I mentioned in the last episode, wrapping up. You know, just because T.J. Watt's not out there, I know you're worried about getting the turnovers you need against Buffalo. I'm saying, don't worry about it. Here's why. Bills turn the ball over 30 times on offense. Only two teams have more giveaways at 31. So they have the second most giveaways total in the NFL. They only allow 1.4 sacks per season, per year. 1.1 sack when they're at home. Now, pressures and sacks are a different story, but if you're only allowing 1.1 sack, I'm sure that the pressure is not really getting to Allen very much. Mm-hmm. He throws picks all on his own. Like, he doesn't need... You know, a number 90 breathing down his neck. He doesn't need, you know, a hit while he releases the ball to kind of get a wobbler out there. Um, He doesn't need being put into his dirt several times to shake his confidence to throw picks. He just throws picks. Mm -hmm. It's not anything that you do that gets him rattled to throw interceptions and turn the ball over. That's just who he is. That's the way he plays football. So... Watt obviously helps in that regard, and you want him out there because he could, you know, strip sack, you know, a team that great against pass rush, not letting their quarter gets back get sacked. You'd want the best at getting sacks in the NFL out there naturally to to test that, to test that offensive line. But I'm just saying, you know, big, big part of the game plan for the Steelers is obviously taking advantage of the turnovers that Allen will inevitably serve up to you. And you don't necessarily need a great pass rush in his grill 24-7 for him to serve those opportunities up. It would help for sure, and maybe that pass rush would be the reason they get the turnover. But, and I mean that as far as a strip sack is concerned, Mm -hmm. but I mean he's going to serve it up on a platter a couple times in this game, even if he has the cleanest pocket in the world. It's just who he is. So. That aspect, yeah, Steeler it's a fans, lot of risk and reward. That with aspect, him. Steeler fans, just mm-hmm. I, I, I know you're worried why Watts out because I, I'm worried too, but I still think they can get the turnovers necessary even in his absence. Yeah, I mean we highlighted that last week and or last episode, and we've done it um, earlier this week too. It's just you lose one guy who creates pressure and creates sacks, but TJ Watt isn't responsible for every single turnover forced by this defense. And like you said, I think, you know, when you talk about a favorable matchup, this guy who, like you said, creates turnovers on his own is a really good quarterback to be facing this week, especially when you've lost T.J. Watt. Like, think about it if you're playing a <clears throat> playing a quarterback who isn't as uh, mistake-prone or risk-versus-reward-prone as Josh Allen is. You'd, you'd be feeling a lot more unsure just because you know T.J. Watt can be a game wrecker for you, but if the opposing quarterback isn't a big mistake-making guy, you'd probably feel a lot more unsure. So I think even though it's very intimidating to go into Buffalo, 
you got the quarterback that you think you can really take advantage of the most in this conference, or at least in this stage. I mean, C.J. Shroud uh, isn't a big turnover guy, right? Didn't he set the record this season for most pass attempts to start a career without an interception? Yeah, I think he did set the record. Something like that, right? Where he had like one interception like in his first 10 games or something. Joe Flacco playing maybe the best football of his career. Like, maybe comparable to that Super Bowl run. Let's pump the brakes on that, but maybe. But comparable to that Super Bowl run, for or that, that year for sure, Tua, Tua might be the only other guy I'd look at and say, okay, you can definitely force Tua into some, into some mistakes. Pat Mahomes doesn't really make mistakes. You know, it's his receivers, of course, that make the mistakes. But Pat Mahomes isn't a big mistake-prone guy. So... Josh Allen, as weird as as twisted as I might, as it may sound, might be the best draw for you in this first round. That is twisted, and I love it because you're right. I love a good twisted take like that. What up, everyone? It's Lunchbox from the Bobby Bone Show, and I'm here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car, like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive. You can count on your new Camry to get you anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. You gonna you ready to get mad? No. You don't want to get mad? No. So, all right, I won't. I won't break the news then. Do you want to get mad? Oh, let's it, get mad. Is Belichick fired? No, I'm just kidding. NFLPA announced its second annual players All Pro team. Okay, so this is voted on by the players. This isn't the AP All Pro. This isn't the one right. that goes on the okay. Pro Football Reference page as the official like All Pro. I don't like this. I Your edge like rushers? Yeah, Miles Garrett and Michael Parsons, Max Crosby. Wow. No TJ Watt on the Or players. Micah. Is Micah somewhere in like an inside linebacker? Micah did not make it either. No. Uh, edge rushers are Garrett and Crosby. So wait, remind me again, who is this committee or is this, this is the, the players? These are players. These are voted on by the peers. Yeah, I don't um, get that. Dexter Lawrence was the nose tackle. Chris Jones and Aaron Donald were the interior defensive linemen. Roquan and Fred Warner were off-ball linebacker. Deron Bland and Pat Sertain were your corners, and uh, safeties were Jesse Bates and Kyle Hamilton. Kyle Hamilton's really good. He really is. He's yeah. a friend, but um, good thing the uh, players don't really mean much as far as you know awarding actual AP honors to their career resumes. I, mean, I yeah, wonder. This is added for it, but they look at the AP one before yeah, anything else, just like course. they look at the AP MVP. I, I don't. I just don't know how you don't put TJ Watt. If you want to put Garrett too, that's fine. But you got two choices. I, I don't know how you get to your number two choice and it's not the guy who has nineteen sacks. I wonder what the parallels are historically between the NFLPA uh, All Pro team and the AP All Pro team. Like, should we be like if we were able to go back and look at, you know, how these two organizations vote? You know, how likely is it that because Crosby and Garrett were voted? We're voted first teams, first teamers. That that means that TJ will miss out on that 
for the AP. Yeah, someone who definitely has a lot more time on their hands than me. Maybe you should go back and okay. research this. I have a lot of time on my hands. Match up the NFLPA uh, All-Pro with the AP All-Pro. Um, man, that that's just that's hard to believe that the peers would leave TJ off of a list like that. Um, oh, well. We'll wait until the AP one comes out, where I bet he's first team. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't matter. It isn't really. Yeah, it's it's annoying, but it's not maddening. Maddening would be seeing the AP All Pro teams come out and one Steelers, and two, and he's not on. And either. he's not on either, right? But he should be on AP one. I mean, for sure, sacks, without question. He had a touchdown, which Miles Garrett and Max Crosby did not this mm-hmm. year. So, does it make you feel any better at all that? Micah was left off. It wasn't like how all year long we've been trying to avoid the no, nauseating conversations of it's Miles versus Micah. No, it doesn't because it's it even should, more kind of confusing I, to you because I think Micah should have. If you're only going to take two, I think Micah should have been left mm-hmm. off the list. They just took the wrong second player, right? And honestly, they took the wrong first, first player. player. The first player should have been the second player, and the TJ Watt should have been the first player. So whatever. Like I said, you flush that away. And you Who know cares? what? You know what? I'm. You know what? I'm gonna quote James Franco in the interview. They hate us because. <laughs> and you know what is kind a great of occurring? That's it's a great it's saying. a great saying. A great movie. Uh, you know what? I'm kind of coming around on too. You know, everyone wants to say, "Oh, well, sack records don't mean jack because you went so long until you started recording." It's been forty plus years. Yeah, we have a lot of track record of sacking quarterbacks. Now, yeah, really. it does, it's not just a, a, a small sample size of the league's history that you're tracking sacks now. Four plus decades. You've seen a lot of all time great defenders come in and 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 sack the quarterback. Let, so I, I think I'm kind of over the oh well, this record doesn't matter because sacks weren't registered until 1982. Look, Max Crosby's a great football player, but there has not been a day where the sun rose where he is a better defensive player than. Yeah, not a single no, day. You're absolutely right. All right, as far as the trend for this game or the style of play, I wanted to get to this too before we wrap up the episode and get to power rankings for the playoff teams mm-hmm. for the season. Buffalo is passing the football at 54.1 percent of their snaps. Pittsburgh at 52.7 percent. That is 27th and 28th lowest in the league. These two teams do not pass the ball. Over the past three weeks, Buffalo is only throwing it 47% of the time. That's 30th in the league. Your Steelers have only thrown the ball 39.8% of the time. That is 32nd in the league. For the season, no offense throws the ball at a lower clip at home than Buffalo, 47.6%. And no team for the season throws the ball at a lower percentage on the road than the Steelers at 47.7%. They're both going to run this football. The weather's going to oblige them in that that aspect as well. This is going to be a game that might last two hours and 15 minutes. I mean, it's going to... (laughs) I'm serious. Like, the Bills want to run the ball at home, and the Steelers are like, that's great, because guess what? We We love running the ball ball on the road. road. And then overall, by the way, we both just like running the football. So this is going to be a a run-the-football type of game, but the styles of running are so different for both teams because the Steelers, it's Naj and then Jalen Warren, and it's your traditional thing. And Josh Allen is a water buffalo on the loose that you have to take into account every single time. He's not just 
you know, on a design run, he drops back to pass. He could scramble. And I find this really incredible. Uh, Josh Allen, uh, the designed runs that Josh Allen has been on this year, uh, he finished the season with 13% of designed rushing attempts, which is below career average of 18, Jacob. In the past two games, he has had designed runs called for him on 30% of the Bills' snaps, and he has a 9% scramble rate. 40% of the time, essentially, Josh Allen ends a play by running. And I was talking to Williamson about that yesterday. That's anyway. any play. Any That's play. not any design run all play. Plays. Yeah, all plays. Because I'm taking the designs and the scramble mm-hmm. rate, putting them in together in a nice little run sandwich. Williamson's yesterday, he said, you know what I think that is? It's, just, it's playoff time now for Buffalo, and when it gets to be playoff time, it's just, Josh, do whatever you need to do. If you want to run the ball, run the ball. If you want to call a couple run plays to get you going, we're going to call a couple run plays to get you going. We cut back your design rushing attempts during the season to save you for this. Mm-hmm. 30% designed rushes for Josh Allen in the past two weeks. Um, James Cook is in 1,000-yard rusher. But James Cook does not scare me like Josh Allen no. does when it comes to the. I mean, we attack. we compared the rushing touchdowns yesterday. James Cook had what two all year long and fifteen, fifteen for Josh Allen. It's insane. And they're getting really good at the tush push too. By the way, uh, Labs yeah. told me that on third and one or shorter on plays where Allen keeps it himself, he's thirteen for thirteen this year. So like you you can't if it's third and one, fourth and one, it's over. You have to keep you have you have eight yards on each set of downs mm-hmm. because if they get within one, I think you're done no matter what because they're just going to tush-push their way through. And and the funny thing is, did you see the tush-push against the Dolphins where Fournette like missed Allen? Yeah. Like he like picked him up and right. missed him? Didn't matter because Allen's just He's a so freak. big. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, matter. So, he can get himself there. So he is without a doubt, as far as their rushing attack concerned, my biggest concern. Yeah, without a doubt. Even though Cook is a good player. Cook's a good player, but... You compare, you know, how is Cook compared to all running backs, and then how is Allen compared to all quarterbacks? You have to respect Allen more, and that's what it comes down to. And yeah, Cook is having his best season, right, of his career, but Josh Allen's been doing this each of the last, what, four years, five years, that he's really taken off, or since he's really taken off, so you have to respect what Josh Allen has built up to, including this season. And it, like you said, the 31s, the design runs, the touchdowns, it, it all comes back to Allen. This team, would we don't know what this team would be, or sorry, we don't know how far this team could fall without Josh Allen, I think is the better way to say that. It, 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 they would not be a division winner, a four-time, a four-time consecutive division champion team without Josh Allen. He is 100% the difference maker. Stephon Diggs coming in helped the passing offense, but Stephon, or Josh Allen can do it all. I mean, he makes guys like Gabe Davis look like Superman every couple of weeks. So it all revolves around Josh Allen. <clears throat> and like you said, it revolves all around what Josh Allen can do, not just through the air, but on his feet. I think that's where you might see T.J. Watt miss a lot um, in scrambling situations. T.J. Watt just has that nose for the ball. We were, we We flash back to... Was it against the Bengals? I believe it was against the Bengals where TJ Watt was held to the ground and forced the sack anyway, yeah. And then got up and then got the sack anyways. Like that guy deserved two sacks on that play. So I think that's where you might miss TJ Watt a lot. But what I've heard a lot this week is that maybe, you know, what Nick Herbig does 
that T.J. Watt doesn't is that T.J. Watt really fires off that line of the scrimmage. We know better than anyone almost. And what Nick Herbig could do that's helpful to you <clears throat> is that T.J. Watt can maybe over-pursue in some scenarios if, if Allen gets to his feet or Allen uses his feet, whereas Nick Herbig might not be that kind of over-pursuer. He might be a little more cautious just because he knows he doesn't have that skill set that T.J. Watt has. So maybe Allen doesn't have these wide-open running lanes um, that could be there if T.J. Watt had over-pursued. Again, I'm not trying to say you're you're totally fine without T.J., but you, you still, you're not underserved without him either. I don't think so. And, and again, I think as far as, you know, backing up your point there, the depth at that position really mm-hmm. is best that it's been since TJ's been here. So excited to see what young Herbig, who Tomlin, if you saw in, uh, inside the NFL, says, hey, I might have to start calling him Mr. Herbig now. Uh, can't wait to see what Mr. Herbig does. Can't wait yeah, to see what wait. Marcus Golden adding a little veteran presence as well uh, to that uh, tandem. So uh, shouldn't be, I'm not even going to say it. it's going to be so hard to do because he's TJ. <laughs> Gear up with the latest sideline apparel hats or jerseys of your favorite players, authentic memorabilia, custom items and exclusives you can only find directly from the team. At one of the official Steelers pro shops located at Acrisure Stadium, the Grove City Premium Outlets, or at the Tanger Outlets, or you can visit us online at shop.steelers.com. Playoff power rankings. <laughs> That's coming up next. It's the Steelers standard. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 